1: It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry, portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. The quarter has started. Wayne hasn't started on a particularly auspicious note, but maybe we could look back at the quarter that has just passed, and mm-hmm. it wasn't particularly auspicious either, was it? I mean, I, th- I think it was the worst quarter in Dow history with a twenty-three yes. point two percent loss, and South Africa even worse than that—horrible.
0: Yeah, and the certain UTEA bonds and our rent. It's one of the worst quarters ever, if not the worst.
1: Yeah, does the does does the rand worry you? I'm 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 laughing nervously here. Does the does the rand and the bond market worry you at all, or do you think this is the opportunity of a generation?
0: Look, I think it is an opportunity. By the way, I really do think that it is an opportunity, but whether we're at the bottom yet or not, I don't know at all. I mean, understand the virus affects everyone in the whole world and every economy in the whole world. So our, even though our economy, it looks as though for the first quarter, well, take it for, for the first six months of this year, for the first six months of this year, our economy on an annualized basis is probably going to slow down by 10%. Mm. And for the year, about four, four and a half odd percent. Now, that sounds catastrophic and is catastrophic. However, our economic growth relative to the rest of the world is actually not going to be that different to what it was before the virus. In other words, I don't think we are per se, you know, significantly more worse off than the rest of the world. The world's in recession. You know, so we're just also in recession. So in other words... When you look at South Africa now, what's happening and all of the problems and all of the massive economic strain that we are going through is no different on a relative basis to the rest of the world. So in other words, we're not worse off, I don't think, because of, of, this, of this crisis. I mean, or, or more correctly, we are not worse off more so than what we were before the crisis started. In other words, we were going junk before the virus even came along as a classic example. So the RAND collapsing and the RAND going to 18, obviously there's an element of emerging markets in it. I mean, I think our RAND is the worst performing currency of all emerging markets uh, this this year. But that's not unusual for the RAND because it is by far you know, the most liquid emerging market currency. So when something goes wrong in the world's economy, yeah. emerging markets get hit and the rand gets hit hit worse than that. So to answer your question, this is not a this is not a problem that's associated with South Africa. So on a relative basis, the RAND should start to recover. And in fact, you know, sometimes there's always good news in a catastrophe because you know, maybe the government will actually make the tough decisions that are necessary to get our economy back on some sort of growth path. Because, I mean, the new administration has been moving in the right direction, but they've been moving incredibly slowly. And at the State of the Nation address by the state president, I actually counted how many times he said something like, we are cooperating with our partners, we are building a consensus you know so, uh, he, he seems to be a consensus building person rather bring everyone in and come to some sort of agreed pathway and that's wonderful and that's good in non-emergency times, in normal times, but our economy is in such chaos now, we can't do consensus anymore, it'll take too long we've got to actually do the structural reforms we've got to reform the labour market we've got to, Old range, and we all know what's going to
1: get But Wayne, before, get you, before you go on with all these platitudes towards the current administration led by mm. President Sir Ramaphosa, it's been two and a bit years now, yes. hasn't it?
0: Yes. I, yes. And, and, and thing nothing thing has happened. I mean, thing.
1: the situation is dire. The last thing we needed, of yeah. course, was, was a downgrade, which is of our own making, of course. And it was, yes, it, was, it was the stay of execution that we'd had for a couple of years from this mm. particular agency. And why they, why they waited so long, I have no idea. And they should be ashamed of themselves, number one. But number two, we didn't need um, coronavirus covid 19 whatever you want to call it it's the last thing mm. we needed and we and we've got it but yeah. it's our own fault we haven't got the savings in the bank in order to get through this just like a lot of small okay. businesses don't have the savings in the bank to get through this so we mm. are the the casual workers the small business of the sovereign world yeah. and and I, I i just
0: i just it's can't see it get,
1: yeah i can't see it getting any better yeah. I, I want it to be desperately because it's my living but i just can't see yeah. it
0: Wayne. you know look I mean, when the stats come out about our unemployment and I mean they are going to be horrendous mm. I don't know the numbers, and I'm not a statistician, but during this slowdown, I will not be surprised if two million people mm, income has gone to zero mm. i mean literally gone to zero, not halved, gone to zero you know there's in theory there's eight million people in the Formal market, and as far as I remember, it's about three million four million in the informal market now, in the informal market, fifty percent of those people's income has gone to zero, you know and it 's going to be devastating and as I said, maybe this will give the impetus to actually make the tough decision I mean just to come back to what you said about the new administration doing nothing, sometimes it does feel like it and they haven't clearly haven't done enough, and they've clearly gone too slowly. But they haven't done nothing. I mean, every single SOE's got new management, et cetera, et cetera. No, I
1: didn't say they've done nothing. I just, I just think that far too many people, and certainly certain sycophantic commentators in, in the media, in the same sort of position I'm in, have said, oh, well, isn't Cyril this and isn't Cyril that, instead of calling him President Ramaphosa. But never mind that. That's just a petty bugbear of mine. But they're not doing nothing. But they're not doing it quickly enough. Not doing I mean, enough. No, I, I, get it by I'm the working... scruff of the neck, I would say. Uh, and,
0: and, and hopefully now they will actually grab the economy by the scruff of the neck, because this is by far, by a country mile, the worst set of or the worst set of circumstances that the new South Africa has found itself in, as relating to job destruction. I don't think the economy as a whole, this is the worst we've had. We've had or we've had similar in the past, but when it comes to physically, literally the poorest of the poor, this is going to be the most devastation that that sector of the economy is going to feel. And you can hand out grants and you can do all of these things. It costs a taxpayer, mm. but ultimately that's not a solution. The ultimate solution is to get the economy moving and to create jobs. So we'll see what happens. Look, you must understand the, the state president. I mean, to take this decision in a poor country like South Africa shows that tough decisions can be taken. To put the country on lockdown, given the set of economic circumstances, yeah, knowing, as I said earlier on, there could be a million or two million people whose income and these are the puddy, and these are not these are poor people whose income's gone to zero to contain the virus, um, you know, is is truly a a, a bold decision. I mean it, it truly is a bold decision. So maybe yes. we, maybe we will get some more bold decisions to try and rectify all the other all the all the economic problems that are persistent in our economy. But to come back to your original question about the RAND, the RAND's collapsed on many, many previous occasions for many, many different reasons. And every other previous reason why the RAND's collapsed, not everyone, but the majority of other reasons why the RAND collapsed, were specifically related to something that went wrong in South Africa. Yes. This time the RAND's collapsing, not per se of something that's gone wrong in South Africa. It's the virus and it's emerging markets fear and it's flight to safety and it's strong us dollar etc etc it's a
1: toxic cocktail um, of local and international circumstances it's as simple as that
0: yeah the rand hits the rand the rand is a structurally weak currency let's never forget that so you could say on the back of south africa the rand hit 17 you know on on the back of south africa right the 17 to 18 is definitely a global. A global event in in my estimation
1: yes and that means that in two or three months time it will come back to maybe 17 from wherever it goes yeah. to but i've seen some other forecasts saying it'll go from 21 to 25 over the next year uh, year and a half depending on what happens uh, internationally but we just don't know do we,
0: no, we uh don't know. wayne so but
1: what, these, yeah go on sorry these Karen. are
0: uncertain these are very uncertain times we've had plenty of markets before we've had plenty of global economic recessions before but each time around, it's different, and we all know that. But at least when you had an economic recession, you had some idea of what the outcome could be. Now, with a health a health emergency, mm. you don't know what the outcome could be. And I want to elaborate on that just for a minute. Okay. The outcome could be significantly uh, more positive than what current forecasts are, or it could be significantly worse than current forecasts. We just don't know. Yes. But there is the possibility that, that the economy could recover once this, you know, once once a couple of things happen, there's a cure or the infection rates peak or et cetera, et cetera. The recovery could actually be quite swift because, I mean, I don't know the total yet, but when you take lower interest rates and the tax spend and all of this, it's probably $5 trillion thrown at this problem so far and there's more coming.
1: Wayne, the problem I have with this scenario where everyone says to me and whatever commentators I'm listening to, whatever interviewee I'm interviewing, they all say, well, it's gonna, we're going to bounce back. We're going to bounce back. But you don't just bounce back. I mean, if you get the flu, Wayne i 'm not talking about yeah, the, no, the current you? health crisis you get the flu and you take a couple of weeks off work you go you go back you don't immediately get back into the swim of things you have to yeah, you are, ease you your way back into it so you're not yeah. the world economy is not going to immediately uh, employ the 20 million people that, no. whose jobs yes, have yes, been yes. lost it'll be a slow process so i don't think that although this only may be a six to nine month a shock to the system I think it's probably going to be a two Two-year recovery from the six to nine-month shock—that yeah. is my worst-case scenario.
0: Do you see what I mean? I don't. I, I don't dispute that. In other words, if you started at a hundred base before this crisis, and let's say it goes to fifty, you rebound to eighty quickly, eh? mm. And
1: that—and
0: that is virtually fifty percent off the depressed. Well, that's that's more. That's sixty percent off the depressed the depressed base. But then to get from eighty to hundred takes you two years. I agree with that. But you bounce that initial bounce, which will be significant and, would, and, and and will have a huge impact off the very low base of 50, can actually be incredibly quick. And, of course, you and I work in stock markets. Yes, Stock markets can rebound long before the economy rebounds. But there's no question that, I mean, just as a complete thumbs up type of thing, the world's financial markets and talking equity – has lost a year. It's lost a year of earnings, which is about 10% of the capitalized value, call it 10% of the capitalized value of the stock markets. So 10% of the value has been wiped out. That that's not coming back. Now you've got to wait for the next year to add, you know, once you come back to add another 10%. So the market can rebound quickly but it's not going to go through previous highs quickly it can rebound off this low base relatively quickly but we're not going to see previous highs for probably 3 years 2 to 3 years but that's also very normal for a stock market when it cracks when you get that initial bounce quite quickly and other than other than the 1970s within 5 years you you well 5 years is the longest time period but within 5 years you're back through the previous uh, highs, and the majority of that return is generated in the first two years of, of the five-year recovery.
1: Let's talk about um, a specific asset class within an asset class, yes. if we can. I was talking to your mate, David Shapiro, uh, last night, and he was in very good mood. I mean, he was in a, a sort of, goodness me, I'm throwing, uh, throwing my hands up and I don't know what's going on sort of mood. We, we were talking about um, ABSA and Nedcor or Nedbank in particular. Yes. And there was, at some stage, I think ABSA yesterday was up 20%. Okay, it's, it's quarter end. Uh, I won't say there was yeah. window dressing, but there was certainly some uh, portfolio um, rejigging, if you like. But I've just noticed this morning that Fitch, another rating agency, has come out and downgraded banks in South Africa to junk Look. status. You're a fan of banks because of their cheapness. Are, are you still yep. a fan of banks?
0: What do you make yes. of all this? Look, the downgrade to junk just follows the country's downgrade to junk. Exactly. Uh, their rules are no individual bank can have a credit rating higher than the country's credit rating. So whether that's right or wrong, who knows? Who knows? I mean, I, I work for First round and I can certainly tell you First Rand's balance sheet's a lot sounder than the government's balance sheet. Hmm. But it doesn't matter. That's the way the rules work. Okay. Now, simplistically, let's take banks in total. And let me not talk about First Rand. Okay. Banks in total, what should the price be? Well, history is banks trade at about a 50% premium to their book value or their net asset value. So that's been the average going back decades. So through the highs and the lows, banks trade at about thirty percent premium to their book value. Epson and NetBank now are trading at sixty percent discount to their book value. So in theory, if you had enough money and and banks own liquid assets, eh? Or assets that are that, that are sellable. I mean they don't own mines in or they they got liquid assets or sellable assets. So in theory, if you had enough money, you could go and buy Epson now and just close the business. Just close every store, close every every branch, fire all the people, and then just sell the assets and double your money. That's the valuation. But then they're not the worst ones. The listed property is the worst one.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah. So in theory, you can that's The price. Of course, don't evaluate any asset this week because don't evaluate the bank this week, but maybe don't evaluate any asset this week. This is the week of going junk status. This is the week where we're in lockdown, the first week of lockdown. We haven't got any good news worldwide on this pandemic yet. There's no cure. There's no real... China might have a peak, but you can't always believe the numbers from China. But Everywhere else in the Western world, the, the infection rates are just escalating, you know, straight up. They're just going crazy. So, so there's no good news at the moment regarding the virus worldwide. Stock markets have bounced a little bit, but they can go down ten percent tomorrow again, and may well do that. So, there's massive volatility. So, don't don't value any asset price this week. You know, there's excessive. Bad news, volatility, junk status, call it what you like, shut down. I mean, average credit card volumes going through the system, through our banking system in South Africa, are something like a third of what they would be on a normal Christmas day. Wow. And they're down at about 80 or 90% in comparison to a normal trading day. You know, so we're in an incredibly unusual set of circumstances. You know, like Tech APSA. I mean, APSA's share price, it's bounced a little. It's bounced not a little bit. It's bounced a lot. But at one stage, it was about 30% lower than, than the current price. So, you know, so there, I do like the banks. But I, as I said, listed properties may be even at a more dislocated valuation level.
1: Okay, Wayne, let's have a look at this now. Do you think that what we're seeing at the moment is a reaction to the bounce back that we've had? In other words, the first day of the second quarter of 2020, the first quarter was awful, one of the worst in history. Uh, the second quarter has started badly. And that's maybe a reaction to the last week of the first quarter, which was which was pretty good, uh, for whatever reason. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Do, you, do you think this is yeah. a natural bear market uh, rally that we saw at the end of the first quarter? And we're going to go back and Test those again. What you don't know? Okay, so you've answered no, the
0: question. We could we, we could we could very easily do that, hmm. but I just want to talk about the the bear market uh, a rally. Plenty of people are talking about a bear market rally. It seems hmm. to be the consensus view. My only problem with that statement is that the extent of the fall before this little rally was almost as bad as the total fall that we've had in previous stock market crashes, which have taken obviously significantly longer in the past than just a quarter. Yes. So in other words, if you look at what the market's done and where the price earnings ratio has gone and where the dividend yield has gone, et cetera, et cetera, we're approaching previous market lows. In other words, it's before this little rally, we're approaching previous market lows before any rally happened. Normally, a bear market rally would happen halfway down. So either this is halfway down and we've got another 40% to go or 50% to go, and the market could easily go back and touch previous lows. But I'll just my I'm, I'm, I'm instinct, because there's, no there's nothing else you can use, my instinct is wherever the low is of the market, and as I said, we could go and touch that again, I don't think it's going to be significantly different to the lows we saw a few weeks ago.
1: Okay, so the low for the year may have been may have been put in place
0: already. And we could test it again. We could test it again. Eh? Yeah, the market course. could give it all back again. But I don't think the absolute low is thirty percent lower than what we have gone through already.
1: Okay, well that's one bright note. Uh, you mentioned the phrase "going crazy" earlier on. We spoke last week about our own personal circumstances and how we're coping with working from home. Yes. And both of us realized that we've, we, we sort of work a, a alone anyway and have been doing so. You're not going crazy, mm. are you?
0: No, I'm not. But I have found out one thing. Go on. I'm working harder at home now. and doing office work than what I did when I went to the office. So I might have to take two or three days leave just to recover from the lockdown.
1: You mean you're doing stuff that was done for you in the
0: past? No, I'm just that you're so concentrated, you're so focused. Working at home, there's no distractions. There's no people walking around. Look, I wouldn't like to work at home forever because I think I'll die of exhaustion. <laughs> but you, you're so focused, and you, you, you're going through everything with a very, very fine level of involve, with a very good level of involvement yeah, sure. in what you're doing. So you're working – first of all, you're working longer hours, significantly longer hours because, you know, you, want, you you check your emails at 6 o'clock in the morning when you wake up and then you get involved with something and the next thing you look at half past 6 in the evening, you know. And so it's, it's, it's actually surprisingly enough, I couldn't survive in a work environment without actually physically um, – talking to people directly rather than remotely. So, But uh, it's actually surprised me, actually been working quite frankly a lot harder than what I thought I would be working at home. You know, I thought I'd be distracted and wander off here and wander off there. And, but it's actually work, been working quite hard. And I mean, obviously, the volume of work's gone up because we've got to talk to clients, we've got to investigate things. So there is more work than, let's call it the normal work day. But yeah, I've been working
1: hard. It's very interesting to see what will happen when uh, eventually, if you do indeed get invited back to work at FNB Wealth and Investment, yes. exactly how you will react. Wayne McCurry, thank you very much for your time. As always, that was Wayne on Wednesday. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position